0: Well good morning. So good to be back this morning uh, we've I think this is only our second time in the last two months we 've actually been inside the building it 's crazy we 've been uh, doing a lot of traveling ministering in a lot of other churches uh, several churches, some pastors were taking some sabbaticals, so we filled in a few Sundays there but it 's just good to be home and to see faces and to see friends and uh, just uh just are believing that we, what I have to share today will just be an uplifting message for us. But I want to start by, in a word of prayer, Lord, we just thank you that you are our God, that you gave us your message through the word of God that will help us and equip us for the days that we face. We thank you that you have never left us, you've never forsaken us, that you go with us through the, on the journey that each of us goes through. We give you thanks and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this message was birthed about probably around January or February. We started, uh, there was one uh, day we, I sat down with Pastor Dave and Ann and Christine and I, were, we were all together. We went and had coffee. And in the midst of this conversation, I started sharing some things that I had been mulling over. I was working on some ideas. I was thinking about doing a podcast on. And he says, hey, Would you dare to take that a little bit further and bring it to the church? At that point, it was just an idea, and so I was like, all right, Lord, what are you trying to say? So I've been on a journey since about February, and I hope that this will be uh, something for us. How many of you are so glad we're not where we were a year ago today? How many of you realize that it's been a journey? Sometimes we're like, have we gotten anywhere? You go online and you would think it's, you know, unfortunately, I know people that are still so full of fear that they can't even begin to think of life without fear of something else happening to them. Or you see people that, I don't know about you, but I have have friends on my list that, on my friends list that I, I end up praying a lot for because you see their attitudes, their actions, that they, if they they can find something wrong with something, they're going to find it. And they're gonna find it, if you even say it, have a nice day, they would criticize you for the way you said, have a nice day. And then there's other people that, they walk on the sunshine rays and it's everything is butterflies and it's as if, I mean, they, they have no care in the world. Anybody else have a life like that, that you just go through your friends list, right? But you know, I wonder how many of us sometimes always see are negative things. We go into situations only to try and find what's wrong with it versus what's right. Do you go into conversations looking to criticize instead of listening to maybe there might be truth that I need to evaluate in my own self to change my, myself? Or maybe you're the type of person that you go into it trying to find positive. What can I learn from this experience? This last year has been a growing season if we chose, if we choose and had chosen to grow through it. I don't know about you, there was times it's like, I don't want to be locked in my house. But you know, this last year, there were certain things I was able to achieve that I had never achieved before. There were things that God is launching in my heart that had had been there, but I hadn't been hearing it because I was too busy with everything else to hear the still small voice of things he was trying to lay out for the steps and days ahead. So when we go into situations, we will find what we're looking for. The problem is sometimes we're finding things based upon what we're carrying from our past. A couple weeks ago, Pastor Dave was talking about triggers. We oftentimes are triggered based upon all those things that we've been dragging along, those weights that are keeping us from running our race in the days ahead. Are we interested in finding out the fullness God has for the church today in our lives? Or do do we wanna protect those things from the past. Our hurts, nursing our hurts, nursing our our cares, our sorrows, what could have been. You know what? I don't want to go back to the way it was before COVID because I don't like who I was before COVID. God has brought me through some things and I saw where I was lifted in pride. I had other issues that needed to change. And now I'm starting to say, Lord, let me see what you would have me to be. But you see, when, when a, a trouble like COVID or just problems in general come up, when pressure is put on, we find what's inside. All it takes is a, a swing of a hammer to change your life and you, things come out, right? You, you yell, you scream, you, you cry like a baby, you guys that are so strong, right? No, but when pressure gets put upon us, what's behind, what's inside, is going to leak out. When you see in the, in the, I've been doing a read through the Bible this year, and I just came through reading the first few books of the Bible. But when you looked at the children of Israel as they were coming out of Egypt in Numbers 13 and 14, God himself tells them, go into the land, spy out the land that I am giving you. God gives them a direct message. So what they do, they go through, they ch- choose all these people, and they go into the land. And what is so interesting there in, in Numbers 13, it says that when they returned, we went into the land that, where you sent us, and it truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. They had grapes that had to be, two guys had to carry one cluster of grapes on a, tied to a pole. I've never seen that many grapes at one time. You know, usually you get these little tiny ones and you got to see is this, these good grapes. Eh, Grape section is not always the best here in the Midwest. But you know, they're bringing this huge cluster and it says, you know, yes, it is. It's everything God has said, but the next word, nevertheless. But all of a sudden, Yes, it's everything God said. Yeah, we're not so sure about it. Why? They he said the people that dwell there in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. And it goes and they begin. And then Caleb rises up and he says, let us go up at once and take possession. We can be people that can, when God speaks, that we are ready to jump at the the occasion to let's do what God has said or we can be the butt people. <laughs> but I, don't, I can't see myself there. I can't see myself beyond my past. I can't see this because they're, they're bigger than me. And we have all these situations and they found themselves defeated even though God himself was sending them into the land. They couldn't see themselves beyond being a slave, which is what they had come from. And it says that Caleb's like, we are able to do this. And then they, the the 10 that gave a bad report says, we are not able to do this. Are we going to be people that allow the storm, the pressure we face to crush us and keep us from fulfilling the call and the destiny in our life? Is this storm that big? This is God that delivered them from Egypt. This is God that took them from slavery, that took them, destroyed the entire army of Egypt, that brought them through and, and introduced himself in the wilderness, that brought them to to this place where they can go in and have an inheritance that God had promised to their father Abraham, yet they said, we don't want it. How many people come to a point of decision and they decide it's better being a slave to what I was in the past than pressing ahead, unknowing what happens, having to trust God for the next step? The sad thing is it goes on and says, then all the congregation there in Numbers 14 says, they lifted up their voices and cried and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said, if we had only died in Egypt or died in this wilderness, why, the Lord, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword? And our wives and children should become victims. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? Let's choose somebody to take us back. You know what? We can't go back to what we used to be. Yeah. Yeah. We cannot leave the things that God has for us now. He does, he's loved us enough to meet us where we're at, but he doesn't want to leave us in that state. Right. What we were before is an inkling of what he wants for us in the days ahead. You know, they got so upset that they wanted to stone Joshua, Caleb, Moses, and Aaron for daring to believe God. These were supposed to be fellow believers. But see, the 10 of their voices, it said that they spread an evil report. Our voices are powerful. Voices determine our choices. That's why we have to be careful the voices we're listening to, especially in this day and age. You know, Psalms one tells us, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. How many of us walk in that path of the ungodly? Well, I can, sometimes tell which path you've been around based upon what you're saying. I watch your texts. I can watch your Facebook posts. Some of you might decide not to follow me on Facebook after this. I love you anyway. But no, we can see based upon your response to situations. And if you're not speaking truth, if you're not speaking the things of God, but if you're tearing down what God's trying to do, we can see the path you've been around and then you wonder why your path is rocky why it's not getting where you want it to go is because you're on the wrong path it says blessed when you're not on those paths or being sitting in the seat of the scornful it's not good to play the devil's advocate it says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. What you're meditating on is what's going to come out when the pressure comes. Yeah. The scripture says that do not be deceived. Evil company, this is in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, evil company corrupts good habits. What you hang around is either going to build you up or it's going to corrupt you. Amen. Building, corrupting. Life, Death. Our choice. Matthew 12, Jesus said that, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's in you is what you're gonna talk about. People are gonna know what you believe. You know, I know a lot of you, I I know where you stand politically, I know where you stand on a lot of issues, but where do you stand with the Lord? Matthew 12, 37 says, by your words, you'll be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. What are we saying? Is it life-giving? Isaiah 55, the Lord said that my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your your ways, my ways. If if we just do what we've always done, we're not going to get closer to the Lord. But when we start doing and asking him to lead us, He's going to bring us higher and higher to the places where he is. And deliver us from all the, the things that the enemy wants to keep us wallowing in. Because in that same passage he says that my word goes forth from my mouth and it won't return to me void. But will accomplish what I've set it forth to do. If we start getting in touch with what God is saying, success can happen or we can look for the, how it's going to fail because that's what the world wants us to see. The enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Christ wants to bring life and have it more abundantly. But we have to decide which voice we're going to be listening to and search after those things. Is our God big enough? You know, this last year, it's interesting. I kind of did a few of the songs. I was looking back. He's way maker. He's the miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that's who he is, right? No longer slaves to fear, I'm a child of God. All my life you've been faithful, oh, but I'm gonna sing of the goodness of God. This one, the weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. My God will never fail. I'm gonna see a victory. Is that what we're believing? Or are we gonna allow fear, doubt in the mass media, whatever it is, to choke out the word of God? Or how about the song, Raise a Hallelujah, I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm, louder and louder, I'm gonna hear my praises roar. Are we gonna get louder? Are we going to get quieter? I've heard people talking about, oh, they're censoring us on, on uh, all the different platforms. We're not allowed to say what we... Funny thing is, you're not sharing anything to begin with. You're censoring yourself. If they are doing that, great. That means you're standing for something. But why do, are we censoring our voices? Why are we allowing our praises to go quiet? Because of fear of being silenced. We're silencing ourselves. You know, I, I look at what happened twice. Jesus had sent the disciples to go to on a boat across the sea. The one time he was with them in Matthew eight. And it says that they were going on, crossing over on the boat and he was asleep. Mark tells the story. He was laying on a pillow. He came ready to rest and there was a great storm and they wake him up saying, Lord, don't you care that we're going, we're perishing? All they saw was the storm. The next time, you know, and, and Jesus was over, oh, he arose, he rebuked the sea, and there was great calm. You know, I could just imagine him, you disturb my sleep for this. The Next time they're out, he sent them away, he's been praying, He's going across, walking on the water. There's a storm. Both times, Jesus knew there was something on the other side that they had to get to. The storm was just a temporary setback. Why? Because ministry was waiting on the other side. The the first time, when they get off the boat, they delivered men filled with demons. The next time, great healing happened. But both times, that storm was trying to derail them from getting to the other side, or to slow them down. But Jesus was at rest because he knew the destination his father already had for him. Stop focusing on the obstacle or the storm that you're facing, whether that's real or it's just imagined, and fix your gaze on Jesus in destin- the destination he has called us to go into. Stop looking at just the storm. Look beyond the storm, because Jesus has already provided the way. And if we keep our eyes on Him, He's going to lead us through safely to the other side. You know, in Acts chapter sixteen, you read about Paul and he's he and Silas are going and they're ministering, and this person keep this girl keeps coming up and she's interrupting. She's filled with the demon spirit, and she's you know, actually saying these men are godly men and it's disturbing, it's disruptive. And he he commands the spirit to come out and the girl is set, miraculously set free. Unfortunately, the handlers of this girl that made a lot of money off of her, all of her t- skills of predicting and saying the future of whatever she could do with her demon possession, they got a little upset because their means of... Monetary gain was just now taken away from them and they had them beaten and thrown into prison. Think about that. All you were doing was going about your business. You rebuke somebody gets miraculously set free by the power of God and everybody can only see negative from that. Why? They couldn't control or that person any longer. They lost monetary thing, but how sad is that? This person is trapped, and they were upset because they can't see the good for them. But as you know, it's what's interesting there in Acts 16. But at midnight, the middle, the dark, the day, think about, you've been beaten with rods, you've been... Stripped. You've gone through a a humiliating day. Now you're thrown in the innermost prison, chained back to back, no care for your wounds. I don't know about you, if you've ever gotten a, a good beating from somebody into a fight. Some of you guys, you remember the old playground fights you got into? Not so good. And what did you do? Mom came home, nursed you up, and then you got in trouble for the fight you were in. But you know, here they are, they're in prison. But at midnight, they were praying and singing songs, singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening. They weren't quiet. I'm gonna sing in the middle of my storm. I'm gonna sing in the middle of this jail cell because God is God. He is faithful. He delivers. He sets people free from the hand of the devil. And they begin to sing that. So much so that then a great earthquake happened. Foundations of the prison are shaken. The jailer runs in thinking everybody's run and they're like, don't harm yourself, we're still here. And he says, what must I do to be saved? In the midst of their persecution, Somebody sees the hand of God and says, I want Jesus. What must I do? Is the world seeing the power of God so strong in our lives that they're saying, what must I do to be born again? What must I do? Everything I've trusted in has fallen. But, But you believe in a God that's bigger than the problem. It says that he came in, took care of them, bandaged their wounds, fed them a meal, brought his whole family. His whole family got saved, got baptized that night. In the middle of the night. See, there may be people waiting on the other side of our storms who need an encounter with God. Stop thinking the storm is the end. There's people on the other side waiting for an encounter with God. And sometimes how we act in the middle of our storm can either open their door or close it. We have to realize what we say has ramifications Proverbs 18, 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Are you eating good things? Are you eating those sweet things? That life-giving word. Luke 6.45 says that for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth is speaking. What is inside of us? Do we have the peace of God that passes all understanding so that when we go through situations, we're not shaken by the storm because we know who's bringing us through? That can, He said to our heart, peace be still because I am peace. I've put the Holy Spirit inside of you as a believer. We shouldn't be shaken. Yes, we might not have the answers. But we don't have to live in fear. Psalms 121. Well, oh, excuse me. I'm jumping ahead as I It's time for us to adjust our focus. You ever taken pictures? Maybe you had a SLR camera? And in the old days when it was film, you'd get it back from being developed and you're like, what in the world? (laughs) I mean, it's like, man, I know my eyes aren't really great, but I, I can't make this stuff out. Why? The focus was out of alignment. Thankfully, now we have digital, you can look, oh man, I gotta adjust that. But you know, how often we can get so focused on the things we can't change Instead of focusing on the God who can change the things. And he already sees us to the finish line. He already sees us through the storm. We have to calibrate our compass. How many of you have ever gone hiking with a compass? A few of us. Some of us go, what's a compass? Obviously, you were not uh, trained very well in life. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) A compass is what points to magnet, magnetic north. When you go out, you can plot depending upon which direction you're hiking in the middle of the woods. If you continue where the arrow is pointing, it will always lead towards the north. But then you can decide go off of that. On so, if you're ever in the deepest of woods, you could either walk in circles thinking you're going north, but you're finding yourself walking in a circle, or you pull out the compass and say, "That's north." if I head that way. It's not where the N is on the compass. You turn that to where it is pointed, then you can look at, it's amazing how many people go, well, the north was over here, but the arrow is pointing that way, that's north. Anyway. But we gotta be calibrated so we know where we're headed. That we adjust the focus so we can see clearly. Colossians 3.2 tells us that we need to set our minds on things above, not on things of this earth. You don't have to be, have the last word. You don't have to correct every mistake or everything you see somebody says wrong. Sometimes I wonder if we spent the time when we see somebody that's erred and spent time praying over them And blessing people instead of trying to start a holy war on social media. What if we go to the Lord and say, Lord, help them see the error in their way. Reaching out to them privately and saying, hey, what did you mean by this? And sometimes they saw a phrase, they thought it meant one thing, and it meant something totally different. It was all a mistake. But instead, we start wars with one another instead of focusing on what God's will is. Romans 12 says that we, need to have, that we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind so that we can know what God's will is. How do we know what God's will is? Spending time with what he said. Changing the way we think, lining up with what he has said. The things that the word of God says about us, the things that he says are true, are the only things that's true. All other truths, quote unquote, are measured off of the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Having our minds transformed, renewed, helps us to see beyond. He will not leave us. He does not forsake us. He he promises, And he goes and does what he has promised us to do. Isaiah 41 says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I am there to help. I will bring you through. You might not see the end, but he's there Holding you up. If we fall, he's there to pick us up. If we're like Peter and we get to looking at the storm and we start to sink, he's right there to reach up and help us back up so that we can see the victory he has for us. Philippians 4, verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing. How many of you, maybe in your family, anxiety is a badge of honor? It's like, no matter what, there's somebody that, oh, you know, I had relatives that they they always were gonna have the bad side to say to everything. You know, if you do this, I've heard, and sometimes we, we are quick to latch on to what people say conspiracy theorists say, even Christian conspiracy theorists say, but what does the word of God say? Let's come back to that. Don't be anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. If you have a hard time with your thoughts, spend time, in his presence. Allow the Lord to take control. That might mean cutting off some things. Turning off the news. You can read it in five (laughs) seconds, ten, well maybe five minutes. But you can look through, okay that's what's happened in the world. Done. Move on. Don't allow outside influences to dictate what's consuming your thoughts. Verse 8. Whatever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, things of a good report, if it's virtuous, it's praiseworthy, think on those things. Think on what God has said, what his word says. Think about that he is going to bring us through to the other side. That way, when we go through difficult seasons, we know in Romans 8, it says that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know how we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches his hearts knows the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things together All things work together for for the good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. When we allow the spirit to be moving in our life, present in our everyday, he already knows and is praying those things out and we can have that wisdom to get through it. God will work even the worst situation out for you and I. I'm not saying God gave us those situations, but he knows the way through it. The things that the enemy tried to stop them as they crossed over, he spoke peace in the middle of the storm. We need to be taking into our situations. We need to be looking ahead, realizing I have a voice that can build up or have a voice that I can be tearing down those around me. What, which way in them am I going to which one will I decide to do? Am I looking for the blessings of God? And that doesn't mean just prosperity financially. this means peace, joy, the fruits of the spirit. That's the blessings that we get to walk in. What if we start walking with those and looking through this, in the midst of storms and speaking the things that God has said? Hebrews 10 tells us, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and to good works. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as we see the day drawing near. There is a day where Jesus is coming back. He will come for his bride many people still have yet to bow their knee to come to know Jesus Christ let us continue to fight against the storms that the enemy puts up that we stand with the Word of God looking to see who we can snatch from the fires of hell one missionary said that he would like to have a mission 10 yards from the gates of hell to try and snatch anybody he could before they were to be plunged into eternal separation from God. You know, brothers, sisters, that happens when we leave this place. There are people that we will be driving down the street with that don't know Jesus. There will be people that you and I work with. They don't know Jesus yet. We need to look beyond the storm and realize these people can't see hope because all they see is what they experience. And if they've not experienced Jesus, they're bound for an experience that no human should ever have to go to, but we have a message. Jude 1 verse 20 says, But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Verse 24 says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before his glory and great joy. the only god our savior through jesus christ our lord be glory majesty dominion authority before all time and now and forever let's build ourselves up let's begin to see beyond let's start looking for the truth what god has said and not allow the storm to dictate what you and i how we respond Will we go out to those that are drowning and throw them the life ring? They're just drowning in the sea of life. But Will we reach out and help them? Will we continue to keep our hearts softened? When we see a believer make a mistake, will we be quick to reach out and help to restore them in the name of Jesus? get what we're looking for, but I pray that we make the adjustment so that we're looking to Jesus, that we don't go with our U-Haul of hurts and griefs and sorrows, that we're going through life waiting for the other shoe to drop, but instead we go through bringing the message of hope, of healing, deliverance, the goodness of God. Lord, we just come to you today, Lord. Thank you that you have more than enough for us. You've met us even when we were lost in our troubles and our sins. You came and died for us. We couldn't do these things on our own, but you promised to go with us. You promised with the power of the Holy Spirit through us to equip our mortal bodies for the days and the things you have for us ahead. Lord, may our hearts be kept softened that we can see those that are in need and reach out to help. Because you reached out to us when we were lost, when we had no hope. But Jesus, you are that hope. You are the one that's more than enough. We give you thanks and grace in Jesus' name. Amen.